Set your course for the Hoth system. General Veers, prepare your men. All troops will debark for ground assault. Prepare to target the main jet. Echo Station 3TA. On an Imperial Walker. Attack pattern Delta. Go now. Watch that clock fire, boys. Right now, I feel like I'd take on the whole empire myself. Target, maximum firepower. Imperial troops have entered the bay. Imperial troops have entered the bay. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Echo Base. This is episode number 209, recorded on Sunday, March 22nd, 2020. I am here tonight with uh, my two regular co-hosts, Tim and Eric. Eric, how are you doing this evening? I am doing great, I think. I, um, I'm exhausted, <laughs> uh, but... And and I've been very busy, but not getting much done. But I've been getting quality time with my son, and I'm very happy about that. That's and I got to watch Return. I just got done watching um, The Rise of Skywalker oh, with nice. him. So that was fun. So I'm doing okay. Nice, nice. And Timothy, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We're we're alive here in uh, Central New York. We're we're survive. We're we are surviving. And uh, yeah, life is good. Life is good. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, let's see here. We have a couple of network announcements. Um, we have a new show on the network. Uh, Tim, and this is um, your wife is doing this one. This is part of part of her. <laughs> you say it like it's he's responsible for it, like it's your fault. This is your <laughs> wife. I didn't say it was his fault. I mean, if it's good, it's, no, it's all her. If it's I'm bad, gonna... maybe Tim's at fault, but... I could think you were saying <laughs> Blame that. Tim. Uh, so, no, we have Streaming Smarties, and this is um, Robin and April from um, April yep. J. I have no idea is doing uh, – mm-hmm. no, their focus is going to be doing different binging strategies, right? Not, not strategies, but uh, they're going to binge a certain show at a time, I guess. That's the Binge coverage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're hitting uh, kind of, you know, a variety of streaming services and some of the hotter things that are going on on the streaming services. And, you know, if there's a lull, they're going to cover some other things, uh, depending on what it is. Sometimes it might be an episode. Uh, other times it may be a bunch of episodes or a whole series. If it's like a, you know, three show series or something cool, uh, could be a. Uh, single movie that's a a, a streaming exclusive that, that they're going to cover. Um, they are they just recorded uh, this morning their first episode of this, which it's it's not up cool. yet, um, but they are covering the uh, first five episodes of Hunters, uh, which I talked oh, about yeah, yeah. Uh, last night or last what week is that, rather. Amazon Prime. Yes. Yeah, that's over on on Prime and uh, really great show. And um, yeah, so they they covered the first five episodes of that, and then they're going to cover the second half of it, um, I believe, as their their maybe their next episode, or they might break it up uh, depending on on cool. kind of how the episodes go too. I think it depends on like if there's a real lot going on in ep- in an episode, they might kind of slow it down. If there's like kind of an arc that covers two or three episodes, then maybe they'll do that. So I think it's just kind of fluid in, in terms of what the content looks like nice. you mentioned if there's ever like a, a dip in content they're going to cover other things there, there will never be i was a gap in bingeable <laughs> streaming content ever again that's just not ever good they will never run out of content this, this that's probably not true that's Definitely, probably true yeah. it's just just going if they ever get around to westworld i call dibs on being a guest host oh nice <laughs> saying uh let's see we also have now tim your show um dispatch from the front is taking on mm-hmm. other stuff besides uh, your your typical content. You're expanding into other war movies, um, and you're doing um, Star Wars stuff now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, also this morning, so Tom and I recorded uh, first thing this morning, and then when we were done, then uh, Robin jumped into my office, and, and uh, her and April did Streaming Smarties. So uh, Tom and I did our first Star Wars film in nice. Dispatches from the Front. Uh, so we're doing them in, in uh, chronological order. So we started with the Phantom Menace. Okay. And uh, and I'll tell you, it actually, uh, we were excited about doing it. And once we got into it, we were even more excited about it. And and Tom kind of, like right after we finished, uh, right after we finished recording, he's like, this actually worked. Like not only was it great, but it was a good proof of concept. Because it was not a, I mean, everyone has done reviews of 
um, of, of, of Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Right. This is not a review of Star Wars movies. And there's so much content when we, I mean, we spent an hour and a half solidly talking about the political aspects and the military aspects just in Phantom Menace. Oh, cool. And there is so much. I mean, there's a lot of depth when you consider uh, one of the first things that, that we see are the Jedi. So we talked about things like, uh, you know, religious groups or philosophical groups being part of um, a political system and part of a military system. And we talked about, uh, you know, we, we did kind of set the stage for some things um, in, in terms of what was what's going on in this, because it obviously gets us through 11 movies. Uh we talked about things like drone usage. So we talked about the droids and then made real real world analog to drones and robots and using those in warfare and that kind of stuff. And it was it was a great discussion. Um, really excited to get that out the door. Hopefully I should have that out um, edited and out in a couple of days for everybody. So just really excited. Um, cool. And we, we are alternating. That. Yeah, we are alternating um, between Star Wars movies and other things. So we're not just kind of inundating people who maybe aren't so interested, um, in, in star Wars films. Um, if you know, they're as, as listeners of dispatches. So we're, we're going to go to a more traditional war movie and then back to star Wars and all over again. So what people not interested in star Wars movies, uh, you know, maybe, I mean, there's, there's, there might be a couple out there. Okay. One or two. Well, yeah, maybe I guess <laughs> you could be right. I suppose. Uh, before we get into the rest of our episode, Eric, you want to discuss some issues we're having with um, technology these days. Well, yeah, I just kind of wanted to to remind people, um, of, of course, once we started doing the video streaming and I finally got all of the issues worked, not all, but I, I got all of the glitches under control, at least behind the scenes, then um, people ended up going on lockdown and self-quarantine and all that. And so VTC usage is through the VTC being video teleconferencing. So voice over IP, Skype, Google Hangouts. um, What's the new one? Zoom, Mm -hmm. uh, FaceTime, all of this kind of stuff. The amount of bandwidth being tied up in this is Mm -hmm. just off the charts. So as a result, we, our last few streams, we've had a little bit more of an issue with synchronizing audio and video than usual. We've had some hiccuping. We've had some uh, stuttering either in video and or audio from whoever's on the Skype call. And even the stream itself, uh, I've noticed even my videos kind of stuttering around a little bit. So I kind of have a normal stutter once in a while. So that just happens. Yeah, I, mean, and that, I know you're talking about vocally, but even like visually, you got the Max Headroom <laughs> thing going on sometimes. Like we'll be out at a restaurant or something with Tim, and he'll just kind of like like glitch back and forth. And you're like, holy crap, am I in the Matrix or something? Happen. What's going on yeah, here? It's like, no, nah, it's just Tim. That's just how he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, it's all good. Yeah, so uh, just bear with us. It's, it's. I mean, what are we going to do? It's nothing we can control. It's just um, – yeah. It's bandwidth and and it's just the like I've got a good pipe coming into the house. There's nothing else mm-hmm. I can do. It's just it is what it is. So it, it's uh, one of those things when you're streaming and you're doing multiple Skype calls, you are already also doing more decoding and and um, uh, encoding and and all this kind of stuff locally. And then you're trying to p- pump all of that back upstream, and it, mm-hmm. it's already a little bit messier the more people you have in a, a video call. A lot of people. With gaming, it's not quite as difficult, but um, thanks for bearing with us. I don't know what else to say about it. Just hang in there and uh, show up for the content in the chat and uh, stick through the glitches, and we'll stick here with you through the glitches. We're going to be here bringing you content consistently as much as we can. And uh, once again, check our— yeah, that's right. Check our schedule. We're here every Sunday night, every Tuesday night, and uh, typically a little bit throughout the week otherwise. And we're going to start doing, we did our first community gaming on Saturday, had some technical glitches there too, got them worked out by the end of the night. So um, that was kind of our test run. So we are going to be doing those sorts of things regularly going forward. We will be setting up some sort of a schedule, um, even a if only... Focus on, focusing on it for the pandemic situation and then maybe backing off and doing it less frequently going forward. But for now, what else are you going to do on a Friday or Saturday night, right? Exactly. So. Yeah, we also talked about doing – we haven't quite worked out all the logistics yet, but doing the same thing with movies. 
where people can watch their own local copy of a movie yes. for movie chatter, and we can do that yep. too. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned before, mm-hmm. a local sci-fi group here in Connecticut that I'm friends with on Facebook did that for uh, Raiders uh, this past Saturday night. Uh, yeah, nice. But I didn't get a chance to be there. So, I didn't get a chance to be at our gaming thing either, but, you know. <laughs> so do this. Do us this favor. What's going to happen is we are going to just select some times. Before, when we tried to coordinate with everybody, it just became too much of a mess. We didn't. We got responses from half the people, didn't get responses from the other half. We'd choose a date. Then those people who didn't respond would chime in and say, oh, I can't make that. And then we try to adjust it. That's a, a bad way to do it. We're going to pick days, and you're either there or you're not. Now is your time to drop into randomchatter.com slash discord. Go to the streaming channel. It's one of the free channels. And let us know what times of the week you think would be good for you to hang out and, and just watch a movie. And I I'm imagining Sunday afternoons, maybe Saturday afternoons, people with kids, maybe not, maybe more like 8 PM on a weeknight or something. I don't know. I know a lot of people are not going into work right now. And a lot of people want something to do on their Friday and Saturday nights. Cause if you're not already getting cabin fever, you're going to get it really soon. You're going to start going stir crazy. And that's one of the things that we want to help assist you with. We so, want to help you go stir crazy. We want to help you go stir crazy. <laughs> we are going to be here for you going stir crazy with you as a community. And, and that's what we want to we, we want to pull community. together as a community and, and go crazy together. And since it's online, we can do groups of more than 10. That's, that's true. Yes, that's Skype a lot of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Seriously, though, we've got uh, – Audio and Discord with Push to Talk, it's not doing multiple audio streams at once, and so bandwidth is less of an issue with that. And uh, and the movie thing, even if we don't stream it, we're still going to do that sort of thing live as a community. But we are going to continue doing the games. We're going to switch it up a little bit, do different sorts of games and stuff. But but you as Echo Base listeners, you're part of this community. Come hang out with us. Exactly. It's the perfect time. What else are you going to do, right? Yeah. Talk to your family. Come on. It, no, <laughs> this is what we like to in the industry, what? what we like to call a captive audience. <laughs> exactly. You're stuck. Okay. Yeah. So in the meantime, besides the gaming and the other stuff we may be doing online, you can get a hold of us in several different ways. Email is one of them. Uh, Echo base at randomchatter.com is a great way to get a hold of all three hosts here. You can hit us on uh, Instagram and Twitter. We are on Instagram and Twitter as Force Chatter. Um, I am on Twitter as Luce Skywalker, Skywalker without the E. I'm also on Instagram as Lou Secchi or... Uh, six inch hero. I started doing some posts for my six inch hero site again this past week. Nice and tiny. Yes, you did a little bit. So it's been a lot some of good fun. stuff. Uh, Timothy, where are you on the social medias? Uh, Twitter, Qui Gon Tim. That is Tim with two M's, and on Instagram, that is some call me Tim one one three eight. That is Tim with one M. And Eric, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Eric Blythe, that's E-R-I-K-B-L-Y-T-H-E, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Cinefan, that is C-Y-N-E-F-A-N. And also, hi to Ember and Carol and Jedi Girl in the chat room. Yes. Well, sure. hope, you, hope you're having a good night. And if so, we're about to fix that. <laughs> Wait, that, that's not something like that. Yeah, yeah another service we provide. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, uh, speaking of Discord, you can find us on Discord if you go to randomchat.com slash Discord and um, chat with us there. We do have a few channels open to all listeners, and we do have some there for Patreon-only listeners, which brings us to a good point. If you want to get access to all those Discord channels, uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. You can become a member of Random Chatter and uh, get access to all the other channels we have, talking about spoilers and uh, other stuff upcoming. A lot of good discussion there. Um, and finally, we do have stuff you can buy if you want to show your love for random chatter out in public, which you probably can't do for the moment, but around the house you can. Um, you can buy our stuff at randomchatter.com slash store. We have shirts, sweatshirts, uh, all kinds of stuff there. What do we have for news this week? There was one fairly large item. <laughs> one really big one. <laughs> yep. So this was covered by almost Everybody immediately, and I was like, wow, this kind of went fast, uh, went wide yeah. pretty fast. Um, so casting for season two of The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. we now know that we're having Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. I'm you, so excited for this. What do you guys think about this? I, well, I'm absolutely thrilled. Go ahead, Eric. 
<clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Your your video is stuttering again in the stream now that we just got done talking about it. So, <laughs> oh, in part because I'm trying to load the Screen Rant article on this Cassie Nandor news that I I didn't get to read. That's probably what's screwing it up. Uh -huh. Um. I, Tim, you go ahead. Let me finish this issue. I'm right. curious as to what you think of this. Well, so first of all, I love Rosario Dawson, fantastic actress. Um, folks might be familiar with her from um, the Netflix Marvel stuff. She was Night Nurse in there. I have long been an advocate of hers, uh, well, long being for the last few months since they announced uh, that they're going to be doing a She-Hulk series of her actually playing the part of She-Hulk. Uh, Rosario, she she has the physicality for it. Like, she is crazy in shape. Really, really great actress. Uh, she could totally pull that off. And She's up in cast. You're just saying you would advocate for yes, her. In yes, yes. I, I would love to, to to have her be in it. And, and, and mm -hmm. hey, there's actually still the potential that she could. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I think them casting her as uh, as Ahsoka works real well. Again, you know, Ahsoka, well, this is the first live action that we've seen of Ahsoka, which is also really cool. So that's that's very exciting for mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. um, I we know from the animated stuff that Ahsoka is she's also she's a very physical fighter. And so I think Rosario in this role is going to be great in it. Because she she can do that stuff, uh, I I think it's going to work real well. Yes, we may be taking a little bit out of it because um, it's going to be a different voice for us to hear. Mm -hmm. But you know, I I think that getting a live action Ahsoka uh, overshadows that. So, so that's okay. the thing I I think is the voice. Oh, first let's say that um, let's point out this has not been officially confirmed by Lucasfilm yet, unless something popped up today. You guys saw that I didn't. I have not seen it. Um, no, but this is being reported by major sources. Um, yeah. Th Hollywood the, Reporter. The Hollywood Reporter. Mm -hmm. um, was it Variety? Was one of them? Um, uh, I slash film. It, a lot of places did. Yeah, I can't remember exactly which yeah. ones did. Yeah, did, so. But. So we're not talking like, you know, Bob's Bantha fodder or something. These are like legitimate professional entertainment magazine type sources who actually vet their material before they post it. They actually research it and make sure that, you know, they mm -hmm. understand their professional reputation is on the line and they actually have a professional reputation. Yeah. Okay. So these, these are not just some web blog somewhere. And so, places like um, Variety, uh, Variety actually has a really, really good relationship with Disney and specifically also with Lucasfilm. And so I have to imagine that they would not be putting up something that's not true, um, yeah. even if it is not officially confirmed. Uh, that's the closest you're going to get to officially confirmed without it being officially confirmed. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's really where we're at. Um, you know, yeah. we, we do want to point out specifically where things stand. However, the three of us are treating this as if it's actual news. Like this is, I, I would say that you can bet on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the voice thing, I mean, it's hard when you've got a character whose voice is iconic and immediately recognizable. When you hear Ashley Eckstein doing the voice of Ahsoka, you immediately know who it is, right? What, who the character is. Like, you could walk into a room and you could hear it playing in the background in an audiobook and say, oh, that's Ahsoka. It must be a Star Wars book. And that's Ashley Eckstein doing the voice. It's just very mm -hmm. recognizable. So I think it's going to be tricky having anybody else do the voice. It's not just that it's Rosario Dawson. I, it's just anybody who's not Ashley. Uh, that being said, I think, I mean, we're going to have an older character. I think Rosario Dawson could probably pull it off. And Rosario Dawson, aside from the physicality of her performance, like you were just talking about, Tim, she's actually a good actress. Just oh, yeah. In, regular dramatic roles yeah. like she can deliver characters really well mm -hmm. um and beyond that another thing that makes me happy with this casting is she's a fan she wants this she's interested in this particular character she has been fighting to get this role for a while now um i tend to get a little bit more excited about people who are playing roles that they already know about the role going into it. And they're already yeah. a mm -hmm. fan of that character. That mm -hmm. makes me more excited to have them in that role because I know they're going to take that role seriously. I know they're going to be passionate about it just right. as the fans are passionate about it. 
And I think that's important when you're casting a character that people already have a connection to in, in any sort of fiction. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about this. I think now this opens up more questions. Number one, where's the plot line going in season two? Number two, if we're getting Ahsoka, are we also getting Sabine? Mm-hmm, because right. this is going to follow up with the end of rebels. And of course there's some timeline things we need to look at there with timetables, but I would expect to see Sabine. And then if we see Sabine, are we going to get resolution about the, can I spoil the, the ending of the Mandalorian? I think I can. Yeah. I, yeah, I think we're probably at this point. Yeah. So the dark sabers. Yep. Are, are we going to get, is like going to tie into that at all? And then finally, is this going to be, you know, we talked before on nights of the hollow table and I think I might've mentioned it here. My opinion that, you know, if you're going to go try to find someone way across a galaxy in the unknown regions, who better to hire than a bounty hunter whose job yep. it is to track mm-hmm. people, right? Mm-hmm. So it would make sense for Ahsoka and Sabine to go hire Din Djarin and try to find Ezra and then maybe end up with Thrawn and et cetera. This seems like a really good opportunity for them to take that and go in a mm-hmm. very interesting direction with things. So let me so, say devil's advocate for yeah. a minute though. Um, what, well, doesn't it feel like we may be hijacking the Mandalorian to be something else? If we bring Ahsoka in, who's a known and beloved character from other series, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, part of me is like, well, it, it's the Mandalorian. Well, it's it's the child, really. But it's no, the it, baby Yoda it's show. The, it's the Mandalorian. And I, I want to know. I want to know more about <clears throat> him in that world. I don't really want to know how he fits into other parts of the world we have. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate to your devil's advocate. Oh, a double devil. Oh. <laughs> a double devil. I think we have our our show title here. I should show type that in before you I forget double it. Double. Um, the more we learned about Wolverine, the less interesting he was. The more we learned about Gambit, the less interesting he was. We've got a slew of comic book characters that mm-hmm. the more we delve into their backstory, the less interesting they are. Same thing happened with Boba Fett. I want to know a little bit about this character's backstory, but I'm more interested in what this character is doing today. Mm -hmm. So I'm not too concerned about learning too, too much about his history. Like we've got a baseline and we've got some development and some history. And that's interesting to me. I don't know that we need to dwell well in that. I'm not saying that you're suggesting we do. No, no. And I agree hundred percent with you because I'm not, I don't really care about who he was before. Right. The show is the Mandalorian. It's not, Mm-hmm. An ensemble show of everybody do else you feel, with him. Do you feel that Ahsoka appearing in Rebels distracted the focus away from Hera and Kanan and Ezra and no. made it the Ahsoka show? No. Because she wasn't okay. in that much. It, I guess it depends on how much they okay. use Ahsoka in The Mandalorian going right. forward. That's a very good point. Yeah. Right. My and, my guess is that she will we'll probably only see her like I'll, I'll give it two episodes. Um, what I am reasonably confident about though, is that this is going to be a bigger thing. I expect that we are going to see Ahsoka in something else, live action, um, potentially a film coming up <clears throat> Thrawn. Um, and, <laughs> and, and I, and I think that this is, I think this is them kind of opening the the door to that. You think and this is going to be a crossover uh, in the sense that it's going to be like a, a, a momentary crossing of paths on this journey. And then she's going to go off into a film journey and the Mandalorian is going to continue on his TV series. Very well could, or they do, you know, they decide they're going to put her into maybe her own mini series or something like that, that, that we're going to see. I mean, there's obviously a lot of potential with this, especially with, with Disney plus, um, I it, it's also very interesting to me that this news came to light the same week that um, what's the name of the episode gone with a trace aired, which is uh, last week's Clone Wars episode, mm-hmm. which was the first of a new arc, which features Ahsoka. Yeah, I mean, I think so, timing was was well. Yeah, there's there. there's yeah, it seems to be some. You think this was an intentional timing. leak? Yes, absolutely. Put it past him. Okay. Absolutely. I, 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 I think either. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I think right it definitely the timing is. is just too coincidental to not be, you know, 
Mm. Um, we've been waiting for the Ahsoka arc in in the last season of Clone Wars, and we're, we're getting it now, and it's like, yeah, okay, now we have more Ahsoka news. So, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm all for this. I think it's going to be fun, and and I I'm hoping, like Tim says, I hope that they are doing this as to let's see the reaction of fans to Ahsoka, and if it's good, we're going to run with it because we already have something ready to go. If it's not, maybe they'll pull back and not do it. But um, I think it's a wise way to to bring this out and to get us reacquainted with Ahsoka in yeah. live action and not have it you know, detrimental to, you know, if you just come up with the Ahsoka series and Ahsoka movie, when all we had before was Ashley Eckstein doing the animated stuff, I think it'd be some mm-hmm. blowback. But having this as a tangential character to an existing show might be a soft way of us introducing or them introducing us to a new character or a new version yeah. of the character. And it's I, not unreasonable for Ahsoka to pop into this storyline, considering the uh, considering the child and the child's force abilities, and right. you know if she's close enough, mm-hmm. she may be picking up on that, or she has a force vision or something about it, which leads her to the child. And and of course, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I doubt she's going to say, "Oh, hey, look, someone with force potential. I'm going to take the baby," because that may like. I think people are going to riot if that happens. That kind of derails <laughs> You're right. what's going on with the Mandalorian. And in one sense, while it does free him up to do other things, I think that people aren't going to like if the child is no longer in the series. Um, so the, but the, you know, they may very well script it that she pops in. Maybe she initially has some interest in, in kind of taking taking custody of the child, if you will. Uh, maybe they're going to go to fl- family court. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but then I think, you know, something will happen as adventures ensue and she will see, uh, you know what? He's being well cared for and protected. And at this point right now, there's nothing for me to do in terms of training him because he's simply too young for that. I so, would argue though, that they need to get rid of the child. I, Back to what well, said, and, and, it's and the I Mandalorian. It's not called the babysitter. Like at some point, right. You've got yeah, to finish that story thread. He's not going to spend the rest of his life with this little, you know, backpack force user. Yeah. I don't see how I right? could. Right. And, and I, mean, I, I understand he's a favorite app. And, yeah, and I don't kind of paint themselves that. in the corner. I, yeah, because I, I think, you know, people are going to riot if, if, oh, yeah, if yeah, they will. the child goes away. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Child Protective Services comes along and just takes him. Right. Worse yet, change.org <laughs> comes along and then yeah, exactly. takes the but, show. You know, it, it, while you guys were having that part of the discussion, I was just thinking back to, um, you know, Justin, when he was on the Forecast, the, mm-hmm. you know, his his comments about how, you know, this galaxy far, far away is just a small little neighborhood. Everybody's, you know, it's like, what do you, what do you say? The galaxy around the corner. Um, right. Know, all of a sudden we have Ahsoka back in the same thing. It's like, there's got to be somebody else that could put in this. I mean, I, I, I love Ahsoka. And I can't wait to see her in this thing. But one more time, it's like, couldn't we have brought in a new character to have played that role? So, right, right. Again, devil's advocate. Yep. She's a force user. And the child's a force user. Mm-hmm. And there aren't many others left mm-hmm. you could argue that this is some sort of thing where the force is bringing the two of them together mm-hmm. i get it i i can see where they could use that as an excuse mm-hmm. for why they would be together and have it be legitimate totally because of that that reason that's probably the only reason you could justify them crossing paths but that's a pretty decent Reason when there's yeah. Luke, Soka, and the child left, and that's it. Maybe Ezra way out in a different galaxy. True. You know, yeah, what are you going to do? He's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, mean, I don't know. We'll I find so, out more when this airs. I don't October. have a problem. Yeah. I don't have a problem with them introducing Ahsoka into the series. I definitely don't have a problem with Rosario Dawson playing her. And I would like to see this maybe do something to start spinning off that that direction with the Thrawn hunt, so to speak. Um, and honestly, if the series primarily becomes the Mandalorian, Ahsoka and Sabine, I'm not going to complain. 
Oh no. gosh, I wouldn't either. No. I, I get your I, point I about, you know, it's called the Mandalorian mm-hmm. is supposed to be about him. Right. Right. Uh, but like, mm, it's really hard to turn that down just because oh, the name. Sure. Sure. Too specific, you know? And if they're going to do that whole Mandalorian hunt thing with, uh, for, you know, Thrawn and so forth, they got to do that soon because they don't want that fire to get cold. Let's, let's press on and yeah. do it, do it. You know, Thrawn's mm-hmm. not going to live forever. <laughs> oh, he might. Okay. Um, this next story, it, it not, it's kind of old news. I remember hearing about this before, but um, Cassie Andor series. So we know that's coming to Disney plus and they're saying this is from screen. Rant, they're saying it's going to be a spy thriller, you know, um, vibe to the show, which I think we heard that before. Didn't we hear that a few months back? I mean, it's always been billed as that. Mm. Um, and it's funny because there's really nothing else new in this article about this series. It's just, yeah. it's on hold. They talk about other shows on hold. They, they, it's funny. All these, you know, news sites now are coming up, but they take a headline and there's like one sentence of the headline and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we've already had before. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't yeah. really new news, but I mean, it's good people are still talking about it. It keeps it fresh in our minds. Um, but at this point, I think everything is on hold for pretty much everything in Hollywood. <laughs> So for the foreseeable future, but um, we don't have any timing on when it's going to start shooting or when we're going to see this. I don't believe, right? Shooting no. was supposed to begin this summer. Um, oh, okay. But um, I mean, they're not behind yet, but it's pretty reasonable to expect that they may not start shooting on time. Yeah. Yeah. Do we know where they were supposed to shoot? Yes. Were they shooting? It, it was stated. But I don't. I'm not going to pretend okay. I know where it was. I'd, I'd have to look it up again. But yeah, it was. Um, they I mean, I would, the same sets. I think as what they were using for the Mandalorian. I think they were going to reuse some of that. Um, uh, the people who make Fortnite, Epic Games, the the yeah yeah, Unreal Engine 360 yeah. degree LED wall. I, I think they were using some of that same. Oh yeah yeah. Setup. And the Mandalorian shot mostly in California, right? I don't know. Uh, n- I I think they did. I know they didn't shoot in Pinewood, Atlanta. They no. may have shot in Pinewood, London. Um, I I, I, I thought I it think, was. I'm sorry. I thought it was London. It may have been California. I didn't think it was California. It may. I I think that. I could have sworn that through the the 501st side of things when they brought in a bunch of 501st uh, troopers yeah, you're right, as stand-ins that they uh, that they went to California for that. Maybe it was yeah, just but for I don't that think for a particular that was, soundstage. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was for like the majority of this series, though. Right. I don't know. We we should look that up. That's that's mm-hmm. an interesting question because I know a lot of other places give tax incentives for yeah doing filming other places and. California is is still a hotbed of activity, but it's not the only hotbed of activity anymore. You've got Toronto, you've got Atlanta, you've got Vancouver, you've got Mm -hmm. uh, London, you've got uh, Australia, New Zealand, Mm -hmm. you know. So really the the whole the whole reason for me bringing that up is that I think what we're going to see is with a lot of the. Uh, shooting that has been suspended, we are going to see now a backlog in available soundstage space. Yeah. So because all those delayed projects still have to get picked up, yeah. but that right. time is already booked. Yeah. So I think that anything that has that is in progress and commits to moving forward is probably going to get those time slots first so they can finish their projects and then they're going to have to the whoever's running each you know particular uh, studio uh, or soundstage is going to have to figure out. Then, uh, I mean, basically they've just blanked out their schedules entirely, and and you know probably just putting them. What once things clear up, they're going to have to put them back up and and, and see who wants the time slots. So, mm-hmm, I yeah. think there are there's there's going to be a, a a heck of a residual effect that comes out of this. That while someone may say, hey, we're still committed to starting shooting in summer. Well, that's great that you are. But there's projects that are now four months on hold that really need to finish their stuff first before you start. So I I wonder how the technology they started using for the Mandalorian 
would affect the modularity and flexibility and location of the shoot? Does it make it more restrictive because they've got to keep the people who are familiar with that technology in one place and it's difficult mm -hmm. to relocate that technology? Or is it more easily filmed somewhere else? Because basically, as long as you have a great big aircraft hangar, right, you can, and you can set up these LED walls and, and yeah. yeah. So I'm really curious as to how that would affect uh, filming and mm -hmm. the ability to go pretty much anywhere to do it. I mean, obviously, you still have to have staff and extras and all that, but yeah, I don't know. Um, the amount of location shooting is more minimal. Mm -hmm. And so soundstage stuff, I don't know. I, I'm really curious about that. I'd like more information. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Okay, let's see here. Speaking of other stuff that may be on the horizon, um, Jimmy, have an article here about James Gunn and whether or not he wants to be involved in Star Wars. Um, yeah, so, um, I, I mean, obviously, w when you get these uh, really big-time directors, especially ones that are franchise directors uh, like James Gunn, who... You know, he's known for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he uh, just did the uh, the Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, they just wrapped on that. So uh, and he's going to be coming back for Guardians of the Galaxy three. Uh, he was asked about this. I don't see who the heck uh, was, was actually Inst inter Instagram Q&A. It wasn't really uh, okay. it was just a Q&A. He had an Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so someone, and he actually, he does these pretty regularly and they're very interesting. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't catch this particular one. Uh, so a fan asked him whether he'd want to delve into star Wars. And he said, it doesn't really interest me as a filmmaker. I can't think of any franchise franchises I'd want to join other than the ones I'm already part of, which I, I mean, I, I give the guy a lot of props for it. doesn't necessarily mean to say that he's not a fan of star Wars. It just right. means that he's not interested in, in directing something. And I think he, right. I, I think he recognizes the the potential pitfall to it, which is <laughs> no Star Wars fans can be absolute jerks. And, you know, if they don't like what you do, you're now like, you know, you're you're persona non grata. Yeah. Um, so he probably doesn't want to deal with that side of things. And I don't blame him because I wouldn't either. Um, but and, and, you know, I mean, understanding while doing star Wars films are kind of like a, a, a big time dream for a lot of writers and directors and such. Uh, I, I, I do give them props for saying, Hey, you know, that's, that's not for me. I love the stuff that I'm doing now and you know, someone else can take it. So I, it's, it's, it's cool. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Well, speaking of someone else, uh, someone else has said a, um, you know, a, a choice of, yeah, I would do a Star Wars movie or series mm -hmm. or whatever, if, if given the chance. So um, you may have heard the name David Lindelof. <laughs> My hero. Done, done a few things, right? He's done, what, mm -hmm. oh, yes. <laughs> Lost and, you know, The Watchmen. One of the most underrated showrunners and producers in mm -hmm. right. the entire entertainment industry. I would love to have Damon Lindelof work on Star Wars. So now, what, why is that exactly, Eric? What, what makes him so fantastical that you want him there? I get why people don't like him. Because he introduces ideas that are outside of the box, and sometimes some of those story threads don't get resolved. Uh, Prometheus being a very uh, standout example of that, which came shortly after the Lost series wrapped up. But you have to keep in mind that Lost didn't give um, Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof the ability really to wrap things up the way that they needed to. And they had to throw in a lot of extra story content around season three just to keep the studio appeased. Um, I didn't think Prometheus was that bad. I think if you look at the themes and concepts that were introduced in the movie, it was really, really powerful. And a lot of people mm -hmm. like, Oh, I wanted more about the whole um, aliens mythos. And it didn't give me any of that. And so I'm pissed off and I get that there, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it was kind of billed as that sort of thing. 
But I never saw Damon Lindelof talking about it as if it was supposed to be that sort of thing. Um, I think he's very creative. I think like Abrams, he does a lot of outside the box thinking and he breaks the mold of storytelling. I'm tired of the generic three act structure that we get over and over and over again. And it's refreshing to me to see someone come in and present storytelling structure in a different way. And I think mm-hmm. that Damon Lindelof is very good at that. And for all of those missteps, if you will, and I don't even necessarily think they're missteps, but those alleged missteps that Lindelof has made, he's also had some successes that people have really loved too, in which, you know, he seems to kind of flown under the radar on those. And so I think that it's cute. I didn't actually even read this article here in the show notes. You've got a quote from him. Um, he talks about maybe a decade from now when I would no longer be blamed for ruining it. That would be a hoot. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now, that was a great quote too. Yeah. I, I mean, this might be the perfect time to come in and do it because according to half of what I'm reading on the internet, it, Star Wars has already been ruined anyway. So maybe if he came in and it was something decent, he could take credit for it and, and say he fixed sure. Star Wars. Yeah, like it, it this might be the best the time. Fire, right. Right. If if the Star Wars get I think Star Wars is going to be perceived as getting better from here on out anyway, for reasons we talked about before, right? The the fact that now we're starting with a clean slate. Whatever is coming next, we're not riding on these expectations of um characters that we've known for forty years of our lives. Yeah, right. Like these are gonna be new characters, new stories. So we're gonna get a clean slate. If that gets up and running and is successful, and then he comes in. Well, now that like that's the bad time to come in because then if you break it, like you're done. You're right. <laughs> so, Damon needs to come on now. Yeah, I'd be happy to see him come in and do something with Star Wars. I think he's a very talented guy and uh, he's done some good things. So, I mean, I think a lot of your points were spot on, Eric. I I, I think he'd be an asset to us in Star mm-hmm. Wars this time. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Hasbro is losing. By the way, someone. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Real quick in the chat room. Um, let me scroll back here a minute. Um, FJW said well, back when we were talking about production studios and stuff like that, he said, could this move more animation projects forward since it doesn't require as many people to be in the same place at the same time? My take on that is that a lot of animation work still gets blocked out in advance and there's still a lot of collaboration and meetings and stuff with um, storyboarding and stuff like that. Um, Digital artistry, you've got some people making the 3D models, you've got other people animating them, you've got people working on the score, you've got people doing um, the, not the ADR, but like the the voice acting, the the recording. I know the, the Lucasfilm stuff is pretty much done in one location but it can be spread out what, what do you guys think on this i think you're going to yeah. see a lot more and not just in this industry but a lot a lot more things in a lot of industries being shifted to virtual um you know teams created where you're not face-to-face yeah. anymore um, I think yeah. companies are finding out they don't need the infrastructure to have big offices anymore. Schools and mm-hmm. universities are doing the same thing. And in this kind of thing, animation could be the first step to that because, you know, voice talent can do stuff, uh, you know, online, record stuff locally, as long as you have the right equipment at home. Um, mm-hmm. Animators can do stuff online and collaborate, you know, online together. Uh, I mean, I, I think when this all shakes out, you're going to see a lot of industry rethinking how they do things on a day-to-day basis. You know what, though? David in the chat room just said there'll be just as much interaction as in a workplace. True, just as much interaction. But I'll tell you, I record with these two guys for, what, three hours a week at least? Plus trailer breakdown. It feels so much longer. It does, right? (laughs) And you are off the hook because you're not even doing movie chatter with Lou and I. But (laughs) when we get together in person... Mm. We don't even have to say anything. And there's just a different experience when right. you're present mm-hmm. in the room with other people. Oh, it's a completely so, different experience. You're right. Right. I mean, Lou smells horrible. <laughs> right. It's a completely wow. different experience. I'm sorry. That was out loud, wasn't it? No, but like, I'm serious, though. It's a different experience when you're present with someone in a room. You don't even have to talk. And it's just there's something 
instinctual as human beings about being present with other human beings. And I hope that we don't go so far down a virtualization rabbit hole as a result of what's going on now. And I know this is a discussion for a different show, but I hope that we don't lose that actual connection Mm. of being present with other people. I'm, I'm genuinely worried about that in the long term. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to lose that connection. I think that there is a a, a particular regard and respect for the fact that uh, working physically together can oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes does uh, bring about better collaboration and efficiency and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there are also groups that have been working remotely on things that you look at programmers and engineers and that kind of stuff who granted generally, they're not usually seen as the most social people. Us. Uh, uh, us, Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and, and thus was the beginning of a lot of this collaboration software and project management software and that kind of stuff and allowing people to, uh, to, to be able to work together and collaborate and manage these things when you have all these disparate moving parks. I think animation um, of all of them does have a lot of opportunity to continue moving forward. And and I would bet that a lot of folks who are involved in that industry are continuing to do that stuff right now. Um, I mean, I, I in, in my response to, uh, to David's question on there, I kind of laid out a lot of the talent that's involved in this can do this stuff from home. You have your writers, you have your storyboarders, artists, animators, voice actors, directors, editors, all that stuff. They, they, I, I, the, the typical tenor of this that I would expect, I've never worked with an animation group, but kind of judging by the type of, of project that it is, it's, they come together in groups, they talk through some things, they, they resolve problems, they come up with answers that they have to, and then everyone goes off to their corners to do the work that they have to, and then they periodically check in with each other, they share things, that kind of stuff, and we have the technology to facilitate a lot of that. We already know a lot of voice actors either have a local studio that they go to, or a lot of them have a whole recording set up in their homes mm-hmm. that they but do their recordings off of. A lot also... Don't. I think a lot of people assume that like Mark Thompson still go. My understanding is last time I spoke to him, he still goes into a studio. Now it's a local Mm -hmm. studio where he lives, but he still goes into a studio and there is a director there. Mm -hmm. And like there's still and with Rebels and I think with Resistance, they did the voice acting there in the room together, Mm -hmm. which is not common for animation. Um Right. The storyboarding, the writers groups, those are groups. Those are people mm-hmm. in rooms during meetings. And yeah, you can virtualize a lot of that. Um, it's not something that's normally done. It's something that can be done. And the people who don't have audio setups in their homes, someone could come out and set it up and, and mm-hmm. arrange it, configure it. That's half the battle. Um or even if they have a local but, studio, I mean, it's mm-hmm. if it's only a handful of people in that studio, I mean, that certainly jives with our current guidelines for things. And, um, sure. you know, if, if they're going a couple blocks down the road and there's three people that work in that studio, they but there's that's, also that's been, probably pretty safe and workable for everybody. There have been a lot of studies about the psychological um, detriments of so, social isolation. Mm-hmm. And even recently, they've been doing studies on people who are physically socially isolated, but work in virtual environments. Mm-hmm. And the studies have found that it is better than people who are completely socially isolated, but it still is not as close to being the same as being there and the present in the room with people as people believe it to be. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, there's so many more interactions you have face to face and in person, you know, visual cues of body language and everything else mm-hmm. that make a huge difference. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be totally done away with being face to face in person, but you're still going to have a lot more of that than we used to have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I, plus, I, relationships I, I, are built through shared experiences and, and being there yeah. present with someone means you're sharing that experience in that room, those sounds, those smells, those meals, et cetera. It, it, it's, it's close, it's mm-hmm. very close and it's definitely doable. 
I just hope that we don't get to the point where, as a society, we stop leaving our houses. I yeah. agree. I agree. Well, I, I, I think the big question is because we were where it stems from, I, I think, originally was that we were talking about soundstage space and that kind of stuff yes. and the backlog of, of scheduling. I, I think the question probably more focuses on the fact that animation projects could be being worked on right now. And also projecting into the future, they're not dependent on things like sound stages. Right. So they're not so much caught up in that backlog. So I don't know that that particular industry is going to, to be changing as much. My focus was more on a, yeah, they can still do everything that they need to right now. It may take them a little bit longer to do it because the remote collaboration can sometimes take longer. Um, but yeah. And, and I mean, I, I definitely agree in terms of the, the social isolation type of thing. I mean, I've been working from home for over eight years. Um, I look at you. To, I mean, again, yeah, I, I you don't want to end up like, yeah, no, I tend to kind of go a little nuts. Um, if I'm at home for a stretch without traveling, I mean, obviously I have my family who's around me in the evenings, but that just kind of sitting at home without that interaction of people, uh, there's times where I'll just like grab my laptop and whatever I'm working on and go to a coffee shop and, and sit there for half a day. Not that I'm even interacting with anyone, but simply because there's people around me. And amazingly, it's not at all a distraction. Um, it actually helps me focus more oddly enough. Um, but then there's there's also trade-offs to that because like I'm used to working with my laptop and I have this giant double screen that I work off of and of course you know working in your own office and your own environment you're generally more efficient. So if I do go off to a, co a coffee shop, I have to be working on something like I have to actually specifically plan it and sometimes I do plan it like a day or two out because it has to be something that I know I can accomplish fairly efficiently with the one screen off my laptop. Get an iPad. So like, and I will do that sometimes too. I will plug the iPad in. So I, I have the second screen there, which, yeah. which is, 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 is good. Um, and and of course sometimes same, it, but yeah. And then of course, sometimes it depends on what kind, what size table I get at the coffee shop. It's um, tough when you ask the person next to him at the table over there, can you hold the iPad here so I can see it? You know? Yeah. Know. Yeah. Tilt it up more. Tilt it up awkward. more. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely the the, and I know we've kind of gone off on a total different tangent here, but yeah, the social isolation thing, it, it it can get to you, and it doesn't necessarily mean that like you're a hermit living in the middle of West Virginia or someplace odd like that with no one around you. <laughs> it, it you can be a, a fairly social person, but just in a particular position where you're not a you're. It, it doesn't facilitate being social. Yeah, you can be right. fairly social all so, by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right. Social by yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let's get the show back on track here. Um, our next story we're going to talk about was um, Hasbro is unfortunately losing somebody who's been kind of a key designer for them for the last 43 years. Um, let's see. Mark Boudreau um, has been doing action figures and vehicles and all kinds of stuff for Hasbro for 40 years, only for Star Wars or pretty much for Star Wars. Um, and he's leaving. So he's retiring. Um, kind of sad. I, I, I'm sure it's not a detriment because I'm sure other people have worked with him and learned from him and they're still pumping out right. some great stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But reading the theater article, he's got some great things that he said are kind of once in a lifetime things he's got to do, um, you know, i.e. sitting in the Falcon, flipping switches, pretending he's flying it. Um, mm -hmm. when you had to, you know, figure out what to make for this toy. I'm like, that would be cool. Oh, you mean <laughs> you know? before Disney World made it so everybody can do that? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, real, the real one, the one that flies in space, not... Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, the, <laughs> that's different. The real the, the real... Yeah, no. <laughs> Come on. The, the, he's had to <laughs> see the real stuff, not just the one they made for, for right. guests at a theme park. Probably, probably better than mm. when you, probably better than when they had the yep. set. But anyways, <laughs> it's amazing though. I mean, th this guy has been. I mean, he's basically been the one person doing this ever since the franchise started. Um, I mean, he's been doing this for as old as I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, the 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 stuff that he's 
done has been pretty incredible. And, and I mean, probably I certainly at the table and at least partially responsible for some really epic play sets and the black series stuff. And, and, you know, a lot of this other iconic, uh, this other iconic stuff. So, uh, they do mention here in the article that Hasbro is going to add, uh, Chris Reif as an associate principal designer after, uh, Boudreaux's retire that uh, retirement, um, I don't know anything about Chris Reif. I'm not like that plugged into the, the uh, toy making community, but mm-hmm. yeah. um, I, I trust that, you know, Hasbro's going to do the right thing with this. They're they're They, they are the biggest toy producer in the world. And um, you know, they've been doing some great stuff with this franchise. Now, if he was yeah. for 40 years, he must've been back with Kenner, right? Must have. Yeah. Been. He, he must've been. Cause, yeah. Cause I'm, t- I'm trying to think back to, you know, the series that Air put me on to, the toys that made us. I want to say he was mm-hmm. in that first episode. I want to say they had interviews with him. Yeah, he, he may very well have. And, and then, you know, Kenner or Hasbro bought Kenner. So, right. He right. Probably so just he might have stayed on as a result. Continued on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, we wish him the best of luck. Absolutely. Uh, finally, here, um, have you guys had a chance to check out the Star Wars Kids um, Galaxy, event, uh, Galaxy of Adventures? Not yet. I saw a few of the early ones that they did. Um, I've not watched it recently, but yeah, the first few episodes they put out, I watched. I thought they were really good. Yeah, they were. I mean, they're short, but they're meant for, you know, younger kids and shorter attention spans, obviously. But uh, the first series uh, for season, I guess, focused on the original trilogy. And now they're jumping to the the current trilogy. The one just finished up, I should say. Um. Characters we're used to, you know, the kids are used to seeing now, you know, Ray and Kylo and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch a couple of the promos for it. These look really good. Um, we'll yeah. Wait and see when they come out. I don't think it was a date here of release, was there? Um, just kind of skipping I don't through. remember that there was. I don't think there is, no. But, I'm not uh, sure. Yeah, looks pretty good. Yeah, I got to catch up on that. Okay, and Eric, you brought up this one for discussion. I haven't actually read the article, so why don't you take yes. us through this discussion here from, um, is it uh, okay. Gunnarsson? Or, uh, Gunberg? See, n- Grunberg, yep. Now we're running a little long, so I'll, I'll try to, I'll just try to turn this into a soapbox rant and, and get through <laughs> it. And You're good at there, there were kind of two things that I think I wanted to point out with this. So uh, this is from The Verge. Uh, Greg Grunberg, uh, if you don't know who he is, he was in Heroes... He was uh, made a brief appearance in Lost. He plays Snap Wexley in the sequel trilogy. He has been a friend of J.J. Abrams since they were both kids. Okay, so when I say that they're friends, it's not like friends like the three of us are friends. These two people grew up together. They are close friends. And he recently did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter where they asked him a bunch of questions. One thing he pointed out is there is, to his knowledge, there is no alternate take of The Rise of Skywalker. The the cut that we got, that's the only cut that exists. That's all we're going to get. Um, but wait, a bunch of bitter fans want an alternate cut. So aren't they entitled to it? Oh, in that case, there must be one. Never mind. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's, duh, that's he didn't what know I that thought, part, Eric. though. He didn't. Come so on. If somebody had told him about the change.org petition, I'm sure that, you know, he would have said, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, there must be. I, yeah. JJ just didn't tell yeah. me. Duh. So he says, I'm being completely honest here, but not once did he ever tell me there was any pressure on him to cut things because he's referring to the the whole controversy about um, did Iger want stuff cut? Did Kathleen Kennedy want stuff cut, et cetera? He says, personally, I don't think there's any truth to that, and I would be surprised if there is a, quote, J.J. cut. Every movie goes through a series of cuts. It's just the nature of it. I don't buy into it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably correct. I don't think there is another cut. Now, there's a lot of deleted footage, and I know Kathleen, it's Kathleen Kennedy's job as an executive producer to also have input on the direction of the film. So that's not some weird or intrusive thing at all. That's her job. Now, if Iger were stepping in, I could see where that would be intrusive maybe, but then I didn't hear any reports of him actually doing that. No, I heard speculation about it, but there were no actual reports that that was ever the case. So, um, yeah, it's nice to hear someone who actually knows JJ directly addressing these and saying, nah, I don't believe any of that. Mm -hmm. He would have told me and he, I think he would have. So, he also goes on um, 
to talk about this whole thing where people are saying, and I've never understood this all the way back to seeing the movie. I've never understood the people who say that Abrams was trying to retcon what Ryan Johnson did with episode eight and trying to, to change things around and to fix the stuff about Luke being this hermit who was hiding out from everybody and to fix things with Ray's lineage and this and that. None of that's ever made any sense to me. Number one, Abrams was the one who put Luke on Octo. Abrams put him there. Abrams, the whole movie was about, uh, for episode seven, was about the fact that they were trying to find Luke. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Ryan Johnson that made Luke this hermit who had secluded himself from the rest of the galaxy. That was Abrams' idea. Right. So that's point number one. Point number two, if you've watched any of Ryan Johnson's movies, and we just covered a lot of them on Movie Chatter. We talked about Looper. We talked about Knives Out. Uh, we haven't talked about Brick yet, but Brick is another great example of this. He redirects people constantly. He does the whole murder mystery thing and the red herrings and, and the plot twists, and that's what that's the type of storyteller he is. Kylo Ren telling Ray that her parents were nobody the moment it came out of Kylo Ren's lips, I believed that it was a misdirection. And yet now people are saying, oh, Abrams retconned that. No, I don't think he ever did. But I digress. Grunberg uh, comes back to this whole Abrams versus Ryan Johnson thing and uh, says, I never heard one disparaging thing from J.J. about Ryan. J.J. loves that guy. He loves how creative and how brilliant he is. And I've heard other people say that about Abrams as well. And Abrams has complimented Ryan Johnson very publicly when he didn't need to. He wasn't being goaded into it. He wasn't even being asked about it. I just don't believe that that's, that that's the case. And again, we've got someone who personally knows JJ pointing out, no, he doesn't have any problem with Ryan Johnson at all. I, mm -hmm. I think it's just one of these things where people... They hated episode eight so much that anything else that's good. Oh, well, that's being done to spite episode eight or it's being right. done to fix episode eight or to, people are projecting all of these intentions. Yeah. Because they're so angry. I don't know where all this hostility came from in the fandom. I, I truly, truly don't understand. I get, listen, I was not a big fan of a lot of episode eight. There are things about it that are wonderful. There are things about it I thought really were bad. I don't hate it. I don't hate the people mm -hmm. who made it. I have no ill will against the people who made it. And I don't understand, like, I don't sit there and dwell upon episode eight when I'm watching episode nine or when mm -hmm. I'm watching episode seven. Like, I don't, oh, Jay, the, here's a checklist of things JJ was trying to fix. No, it's, yeah, right. it's what? I don't even understand that mentality that, that people have and the level of hostility and the projected infighting that people are trying to inject into the things behind the scenes at Lucasfilm just don't make sense, at least not to me. Yeah, agreed. So um, let me scan through this and see if there's anything else that um, – there were a couple of other things in this. There's nothing really worth pointing out, I think, in this episode um, without really turning it into this big, long exploration of it. But if you go to TheVerge.com, um, they've got an article. It's just titled, Greg Grunberg says that there is no J.J. Abrams director's cut of The Rise of Skywalker. It was posted March 21st. Um, if you want to go back and read the article, it, it's a good read. It's short. It's like any other mm. you know, news article sort of thing on a site like this. But I, I just... I wanted to point that out because I really would love to see this attitude that Abrams went in and fixed Ryan Johnson's stuff to go away. And more so that that's how Abrams was looking at it. I get that that's how a lot of you people out there are looking at it. And that's fine. If you feel he fixed things, that's great. I have no reason to believe that Abrams went in thinking, oh, my gosh, how do I fix all the stuff that Ryan screwed up? <laughs> I don't think that was the case. No. Well, you guys, have no, I, any... I, I think that's a great article to read. And, and you know, yeah. there's, and unfortunately, I mean, there's, 
like the saying goes, there's three sides to every story. There's your side, my side, and the truth. And, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. out there is the truth. Is, is, it, is it as bad as the haters are making out to be? No. Is there other stuff going on that I would love to know about? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, sure. There's other stuff you know, going on. It, it's not It's not as dim and dark and dank as everybody's making this out to be. No. You know, it, I don't think there's any bad blood between no. Johnson and Ape. Just neither of them seem like that type of person. Right. And, and neither one of them are doing a personal attack on the other one as far as how this movie was made. No. It's just no. what we got, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I think that brings us to the end of the episode, unless you guys have anything else you want to throw in here. No, I, I think we're good. I was just glad that we we actually had some big Star Wars news this week. I mean, the whole thing with Rosario Dawson was yeah, yeah. kind was, of a lifesaver. Because, that was a little good discussion, too, because, I mean, there's just more to it than just her being cast. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, I thought it was interesting when they cast that, and then, you know, what, three or four years before that, we heard the news from um, Gina that production had wrapped, or at least her part of the production had wrapped. I'm like... Oh, so why are they even bother announcing this now? It's like that would have been a nice surprise to have for us. But. Well, the other thing too is, does she appear in season two, or is this that she's being cast in the Mandalorian, and we'll see her in season three? That's true. That's true. Although it does, the articles do say season two, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, but nothing was official, right? They're not from Lucasfilm. Exactly. So, yeah. So there's a timing question, but either way, yeah, it's, it's good news, and it definitely made for some interesting discussions this week. So, Very good. Well, guys, we are going to shut this down and close the blast doors. Um, Eric, people can find us on streaming, right, on Sunday nights. We do this episode yep. every night, every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time or 8.30-ish maybe. Uh, and right yep. now we're streaming this on your uh, Twitch channel, which is Cinefans. Temporarily. N-E-F-A-N. Yes. Uh, and have we started posting these as YouTube videos yet? Or Nope. The three of <laughs> you and Tim and I still have to sit down and meet and uh, iron out some, some more strategy things. But uh, once we get some decision-making stuff done, it, it shouldn't be up. Uh, it shouldn't be long before um, those are up and running on a, a YouTube channel. We just have to iron out some last-minute things. But, you know, we also embed the video at randomchatter.com in the uh, the posts there. So you can always see them at randomchatter.com and, and just go through and click on Echo Base or Random Chatter, Trailer Breakdown, whatever it is. And you can also find the videos there. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you guys in about a week. <laughs>